This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Welcome to Kelly and Ramya on AMI. It's a Thursday afternoon, and we are here from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time live. Now, lately, I've actually been catching a lot of people watching our repeats at 10 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv, so that's also very fun. And then if you're up super early, you can, of course, catch us at 6 a.m. I'm Ramia Amadin here in Toronto. Kelly McDonald. I've, I've tried to figure out if today has a bit of a theme, Kels, on the show. Now, this is not always mm. possible because it's such a variety of content, but today, I think... I think there's Maybe. a bit of will, wellness, fitness, that kind of thing involved. I can guarantee, I promise that is absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah, I have you know, such this is a, a big feel hint, for. Eh? This is, a big oh, hint. What, is that possible? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is. It's a hint to the uh, roundtable, mm. which comes in the second hour. I think that's what he's doing. We've catched on, caught on. Really? That that's obvious? English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very possible. Hmm. But since there's so much to discuss, I think we'll uh, go ahead and tell people what's coming up on today's show. Starting with the Thursday edition of The Buzz with Bill Shackleton. He comes up with plenty of things to talk about, uh, including the doomsday clock. It's been moved up, they say. We're going to find out more info on that. Uh-oh. Mm-mm. Yeah, man, that's... Not exactly a cheery subject, but maybe soon, sometime when we have like a Friday show, we can get Bill to do his original buzz sound. Also on the program, what's doing food this week? McDonald's and Doritos? Wow, they have some new ideas hitting the shelves quite soon. Mary Mammolini will tell us more. And in hour two of the show, as always on Thursdays, we have our weekly roundtable, which Kelly sometimes hints at. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And host of the Globe and Mail show, Corinne Van Dusen, is our guest for today. Um, here are some items that we found on the Canadian press that we want to talk about. A little bit of audio for you. Scientists and psychologists say even just a little bit of exercise can improve your mental health. Lee Vanderloo, an exercise scientist with Participation, says many Canadians believe they have to do more than 30 minutes of activity to feel a boost in mood. But she says it actually only takes 10 to 15 minutes a day of walking or other physical activity to achieve some mental health benefits. Psychologists say people suffering from depression or anxiety can feel overwhelmed just by the idea of exercising. They point out it helps to start slowly, doing something like a short walk. Whatever you have time for no matter how small counts karen rebo the canadian press so i've said in the past when i comment on like you know i just to remember the good feeling that exercise gives you afterwards that could be enough of a motivation to actually start exercising but it's hard sometimes it's hard to remember how good exercise makes you feel especially if it's not a regular thing in your life if you're not a daily workout person or you hit the gym no matter what or you're you know totally in love with the feelings and the the endorphins that exercise provides for you. But I can understand, right? Like I can understand that it is helpful to know that exercise will make you feel better. And more often than not, even just a walk outside, as I mentioned in this clip, makes you feel 
good. It clears up your head a little. It, uh, for me, it's actually helped with communication. You know, if I feel stuck thinking about something, thinking about addressing something, conflict, whatever it may be, and going out for a, a quick walk, sometimes a brisk mm -hmm. walk, sometimes any walk at all, a bit of nature, a bit of quiet and movement brings me back into a nice, healthy headspace. But Kels, the question is, do we remember that when we uh, go into it? I think we do, and I think we know that's the wonderful feeling that you were mentioning to look forward to. It's just so many things step in front of it, and you then start messing around with your schedule to fit it in. I think that key is, like you say, how good you feel, but also what she said there, any little bit helps. Mm -hmm. Any little bit helps. So, I mean, we're going to put, this is just one plug, but we're going to plug this kind of thing in uh, throughout the show today. It just happens to be that way. Let's move on now, though, to another conversation about tonight. An asteroid will move past Earth in what will be one of the closest such encounters ever recorded. It's about the size of a delivery truck and was only discovered on Saturday. But officials at NASA say there is no risk of impact as the rock whips past Earth on Thursday night. The asteroid will zoom 2,200 miles above the southern tip of South America before continuing on. Scientists say even if it was on a collision course with Earth, most of it would burn up in the atmosphere. The asteroid's believed to be between 11 and 28 feet across. Mark Remillard, ABC News. Now, Kels, do you, like me, think of what that would sound like? <laughs> as oh, as it's going by, the, I think how fast this truck-sized asteroid's going. If it did hit, you know, Earth, that, of uh -huh. course, it's space, so there would be no sound. Right. Um, as it gets into the atmosphere, I wonder if there's maybe more sound as it gets closer to where there's oxygen, because you need oxygen for the sound. But what scares me, Rum, is, ah, it was discovered Saturday. And I got to believe it's just because it's so tiny that at least... Friday or Thursday, they would have seen something the size of a football field. <laughs> yeah, that's tiny for sure. I wonder yeah. always, because of all these sonifications and things that we've talked about where space exploration has been translated into audio, um, what that would look like and then, or sound like, and then also mm. what we're used to because of adding sound to everything around us for entertainment purposes. Uh, yep. And Maybe a, a stone skipping off water. Maybe. Make like a little bloop. I don't know. Yeah. I think of it more as like the send notification sound for email on the iPhone. Mm, see, I think it'd be too big for one this size. No? Maybe. Maybe. Ding. Oh, okay. Maybe. Like a penny drop, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as we contemplate on that, we'll take a break. And we'll come back with Michael Fair. He's talking about, did I say Apple? He's talking about Apple and its fitness plus services and their addition to mental health. We'll be right back. This is the Thursday edition of Kelly and Romeo. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. Kelly and Ramya here on AMI. Thanks for joining us. And Kels, a question for you. Have you had any interesting teas lately? Teas for... The show? No, like or tea some... for drinking. Oh, tea. I'm Just sorry. Plural. I thought you meant like teasing <laughs> a segment or something like that. No, no, nothing. Uh, I If I get anything lately, it seems to be just that steep tea. 
Oh, okay. I, I really Just like black, that. Eh? I have not gone out and tried anything or purchased anything. Yeah, just a, and I generally am like that. I don't really do the infuse. I may try the different, I know I used to get years ago in tea leaves, I used to get the Scottish, one of the Scottish blends mm. and the, the Irish one was too, too, too much for me. And I used to like the Sunday morning tea. Okay, well, I mean, I'm curious, first of all, do you add sugar or milk or cream or any of no. that to your tea? Okay, just have it no. as is. Uh, I'm a yeah. fan of the herbal teas, and the other day we tried a ginger peach. Oh. It was an interesting combination. Ooh. Some of it, it was kind of nice. like, do you remember when that dress trended on the internet and some people were seeing blue and some people were seeing gold? And it oh, broke right, the internet? Yeah, when, right. When, yes, yes. This when tea they was had a, a there was. A yeah, bit they like had a, few, that. a couple of things like that. Yeah, okay. Yes, okay, this tea was a bit like that because some of us tasted more ginger and you would think like, yeah, that's the potent, you know, herb that's going to stick out. But no, some of us were tasting more peach around the table and there was like eight of us who tried, which was... It would be fun to be able to you know, do that kind of thing, create something or be the taste testers till you get that perfect yeah. balance. That'd be really that's cool right. to do. And hard. And that's the same, I would imagine, as they're trying to design colognes or perfumes as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. We've talked about chocolate taste testing, but um, that would be probably bad on our insides if we were offered that well, job. Yeah. For sure. Now, this balance is good. It's better, <laughs> though, inside my stomach than just on the table here in front of me. That's right. Well, I love having a little bit of tea to relax, and we're going to get a bit more into that mental health conversation right now. Let's talk audio entertainment and tech with Michael Fair. Audio entertainment and accessible technology are increasingly important in our lives. I'm Mike Fair, here to help you make the most out of your devices. We'll share tech tips and product reviews. Plus, I'll steer you towards the best accessible games, audio dramas, and podcasts. We'll talk about it all here on Kelly and Ramya. Today we're discussing services brought to us by Apple. So Apple has steadily built up its Fitness Plus service since its launch in 2020. It's actually been a while if you think about it. And people may not be aware of the mental um, wellness and meditations have been offered onto the service now for over a year. And Michael, you're going to be giving us your take on how these things are going, um, how the app is developing, and if it's actually doing pretty well for the blind low vision community. So first of all, why was the Apple Fitness Plus um, service initially a disappointment for blind low vision community? Yeah, it was unfortunate. Uh, I, you know, I had much higher expectations, and what we got was something that they had obviously not thought through the accessibility very well for blind people. And they have these videos that teach the workout moves, like before you can really do the workouts at the, at the regular speed, you know, you can go to these beginner courses, which talk you through and show you the workout moves. But for blind people, there just wasn't, they didn't slow it down or, or really describe the moves separately. And they didn't have time to really tell us enough about how to do them to really get a good idea of these moves. So it was you were left with inadequate description of, of what you should be doing, and that presented in, in a lot of people's minds danger. If you did the moves wrong, you know there could be consequences. So, you know that was that was a, a really a disappointing thing for, uh, for Apple to have uh, released, uh, especially because so many of us were anticipating good service along those yes. lines. I was yeah. super hyped, and then very disappointed when there wasn't much offered. Yeah, yep, same and, and sometimes, Michael, that's one of those examples where you'd almost feel creators of it 
didn't get the memo on yet, but remember our low vision blind community yeah. out there. So we need things a little more. Where so many other things were accessible, you know, in con video out there containing enough for us to be able to follow because of description. If Apple was releasing something, but I guess that's somewhat the danger, and you, you forget, like you said, if things are too fast and no way to get in there and explain a bit more without breaking rhythm. Yeah, and they've added to it. They've added, uh, they've improved it a bit with voiceover instructions that go beyond what the trainer says. So voiceover users will get information, like small prompts, like lie down or do this kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, that other people won't even see. Uh, but it's, it's to my mind, it's still not really enough. You're mm -hmm. still kind of, you, you need a, a, like a separate instructions that you can go through first and really yep. get down with the moves. Yeah. Which would change the flow of it. Um, would you feel that this was extended, these types of concerns to the mental wellness um, products that, that are available? Not really, no, because different things, you're getting instructions for meditation. So you're, you're typically lying you know, still in a, in a you know, still posture, whether it's sitting, lying or whatever, uh, depending right. on yep. what you're doing. It's a lot more slower going. They have time to, to sort of fill in more just naturally. And mm -hmm. you're not going to sprain your your you know spine you know trying to think you know in a certain way, right? So it, it's it's a lot safer even if you did it quote unquote wrong somehow. You are not going to cause physical in injury, right? Um, so it, there's a lot less safety concerns, and there is video. We do miss out on the video in these meditations, but they're designed so that even sighted people don't have to watch them. They say you know close right. your eyes and tell it, at various points or okay. you know. Or Which you makes can sense, close of course. Your eyes. Yeah, because yeah, you, you're not always going to be looking at your phone. So it's so not a visually dependent activity to begin with, other than these kind of soft movement-based um, components. Yeah, like it's, it's very kind of... Yeah, Sorry, ahead. what's tracked? When we're doing this and we're taking a part in meditation through Apple Fitness Plus, what's tracked? Yeah, so the Apple, if you're wearing an Apple Watch, it will track your beats, heartbeats per minute, uh, that's yep. what it's really good at. I presume if you have right. the later, uh, more advanced Apple watches that have blood oxygen, that that might be tracked as you go through it. Um, but the uh, if you're just using an iPhone, you don't have to have any of this tracked. If you're just using an iPhone, uh, you know you don't have to use the watch to enjoy these. It's not necessary. Uh, it will track your mindfulness minutes as well, even without a, uh, an Apple Watch or anything. Uh, it does keep track of how many minutes you spend doing these meditations, and that comes towards your mindfulness uh, minutes. So those are the things that, that are really tracked uh, while you're doing these. That's wild. That's it's incredible because you start thinking about all the things, and you don't need any distractions, so obviously there's only a certain amount that not only needs to be distracted, uh, dis uh, tracked, but you don't want to be able to look at too many things and take your focus off. Um, what kind of meditations are offered to help with, um, you know, wellness, particularly mental wellness? They're, they're approaching this pretty broadly. There are 10 areas, and they have meditations and, and even some series for each of these. So there's calm, focus, sleep, uh, resilience, uh, purpose, kindness, gratitude, uh, awareness, uh, wisdom and creativity mm. and so mm. they have all of those things are getting trained on and built up the collections that sort of focus on each of those areas are, are being expanded over time and I'm sure that the timing of the meditations they've offered a, a, a diverse amount as well right uh, 
pretty much it. I haven't seen anything over like 20 minutes. So it's like okay. five minutes to 20 minutes in that kind of range. So these are, for, you know, pretty casual meditation, like not not anything really intimidating, like some of what you'd find in Headspace. Uh, you know, it, it's very okay. light kind of designed to get people into these habits, to introduce them to these these habits. Is it... Uh... Is it rotated, Mike? Like, I mean, as you say, there's 10 different areas. Um, is there a rotation that you picked up on in the way of presentation or the order you're, you're, you're to accomplish and work through it? I, I'm, well, I'm trying to picture this. It's given in, uh, like, they just expand every week. There are new things added. And it they mm -hmm. seem to, I haven't really detected a kind of ultimate order. They seem to add sort of chunks of new uh, meditations that focus on different areas. So there's always a spread every week. It's never sort of a, okay. a, a, a focus on one thing, right? So it, it's, you won't have to wait long for new ones to appear. Uh, that'll advance, Excellent. that'll add to what your interests are. Okay. So what about the trainers uh, that Apple has chosen? Yeah, every, every one of these things has its crew of experts, and you've got a pile here uh, on, on the mental, mental wellness side possibly more than I've found. Uh, so you have Chris, Christian Howard, uh, marine biologist, uh, university professor, video game designer, uh, creative writer, and by the way, he meditates as well and teaches meditation. Uh, and he's in kind of the Tibetan tradition of, of that. Uh, so that's uh, one of your experts. Uh, Dustin Brown uh, is uh, basically is, is a surfer, He's a fitness trainer and uh, martial arts expert. Uh, so he's he does yoga and uh, uh, mindful cool downs like after a workout. So he's kind of focused mm, on nice. that too, like after you're doing yeah. these. Uh, so you have that. Uh, you have uh, uh, Greg, uh, Greg Cook. He is a celebrity fitness trainer. And uh, so he's done uh, this for quite a while. Uh, focus on recovery as well, kind of, you know, celebrity recovery and things like that. It's recovery from injury. Uh, so he does a lot of that, uh, a wide variety of sessions. His, his expertise mm -hmm. is pretty pretty broad. Uh, Jessica Skye uh, is another one. Uh, concentrates more on the yoga aspect of things and uh, has taught that in a number of countries. Uh, from London, so you'll notice a, a bit of an accent there, uh, and so she's she's done this for a long time as well. These these are not fools; uh, they, they're really they know what they're doing. These people, Joanna Hardy uh, is another one, and uh, uh, meditation trainer. Uh, she has a show, social justice focus; likes to help teens with mental clarity. Is one of her uh, kind of uh, centers here. So she uh, does a tradition that focuses on. Uh, basically, uh, uh, yeah, uh, wisdom and uh, compassion, and and sort of merges those to the insight method. It's called, and uh, so th that's uh, her kind of focus. And uh, so she's also yeah, meditation coach since twenty oh five. So she's she's got a, you know a lot of experience under her belt. Uh, they all do. Yes. Yep. Every uh, Janelle Lewis uh, basically is a yoga, a yoga teacher. Uh, likes to have a playful approach, uses music, adds music to sort of really get that playful element in, in the workouts. So there's there's a lot there. And these people do more than just the, the usually just more than mental wellness. They do a lot of things and they yeah. bring a lot of different expertise. So you've got a really good diverse crew there of like six or more people 
and uh, you know they rotate. You see, usually uh, most weeks they'll have something new, and it'll be, as far as I can tell, just different areas. So they're not sort of focused in on one thing. They really all try to, they're, they're pushing out different areas of, of of meditation, different focuses for people. I totally love that the the kind of you know dynamics that they're highlighting. It's not just. Uh, mental wellness there's also like the dynamic stretching and then there's more yoga and that route or uh you know how to to be aware of how you're feeling like the feeling based things right so it's very very well rounded uh do you find that there's really quickly mike we're only a couple minutes out do you find that there are several practices offered for each category that you mentioned earlier pretty much yeah, they, they, it's a good spread. It's getting bigger. You know, it's building up like Apple TV Plus. So you're starting with a smaller amount, but they're very quickly building all these things out. It's a little uneven. Uh, there are some areas that have gotten a bit more focused than others. So, and uh, sleep is is a brand new thing. They've just started that um, more recently. So you're just starting to see meditations focusing on that, which is great for me. Uh, that's one of the ones that I'm deeping into is is uh, the, the the sleeping meditations. So that really helps. Okay. I love the idea of the cool downs. That's for sure. Yeah. When you know, after a workout, because so many people skip that. Uh, Mike, yeah. this is great. Uh, yay or nay? Before we go, are people getting their money's worth with this one? I think you know it's it's a bit dependent. If you're getting it as part of your Apple One bundle, uh, try it because if you're paying for Apple One Premium, you're paying for it anyway. See if it's good enough. But for twelve ninety nine, uh, you could do better as a blind person with. Uh, Headspace, which offers a much deeper meditative uh, courses and things, a lot more variety. Uh, and uh, you could also get Revision Fitness Plus, or Revision Fitness, rather. Uh, and that's only like seven-something a month. You combine those two, you get like a much better, more well-rounded, much better described All the wellness workout exactly. for, for blind people. So it depends, you know, if you want the convenience that's what Apple is really selling with it. It's an easy thing to just start using. Uh, the other two apps, there's a bit more of a learning curve for each of them, but I'd, I'd say it's worth it just depending on what you need. Amazing, Mike. Thank you so much. We covered a ton in this and we'll point people to the podcast. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. We'll see you then. Michael Fair joining us uh, to talk audio entertainment and tech, and you can check out Apple's Fitness Plus services on your iDevices. After the break, we're going What in the World with Grant Hardy, where we flip through quirky stories on Kelly and Ramia. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Remember that AMI-audio offers a ton of original podcasts that you can check out on your own time uh, by searching for the name. We constantly promote over here the Neutral Zone and the Pulse on AMI-audio that are also available as video podcasts, but there are a ton more connecting disability and Kitchen Confession, which Mary Mamaliti will join us later, but there are a lot of fantastic AMI-audio podcasts. Use your favorite podcast platform. Check out that fantastic com content and a lot of uh, things in there for people with disabilities as well in various perspectives and angles. I'm Ramia Amazon and joining me to co-host the show today, Kelly and Ramia, is Kelly McDonald. And I'm sitting at the home studio, London, Ontario, Ramia. 
out there in Toronto at our main office. And this is one of those favorite segments to sit back, kind of just take it all in and enjoy. We welcome from Vancouver, Grant Hardy, our reporter with What in the World? Do you want to know about the craziest stories news has to offer? Look no further than What in the World with myself, Grant Hardy, where I explore the most preposterous, comical, and mind-boggling stories from all across the globe. You know, the, the trick with this, too, is that selection, especially when this guy is doing health and lifestyle and right. coming in when we need him to fill in the stuff is just saying, oh, that's good for what the world. The way this works, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, every other Thursday we flip through some quirky stories that Grant brings to us. So we've just entitled the segment, What in the World? Because that's generally the reaction that you give. Let's put him to the test and see if that's how you react. Grant, I know you're always up for the challenge. Welcome back. I'm sorry, guys. I, I got nothing funny today. It's all serious, dry. What in the fa world? Fa oh. Factual. That is, that is uh, world. Boring. <laughs> just everyday news. Oh, That's all my I got. Gosh. Should we skip the segment? Right, yeah, let's grab <laughs> the backups here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, we're going to start with kind of an interesting on-the-job training opportunity. How cool is this where, oh. you know, your employer is actually willing to train their new hires? I don't know if it's such a good idea in this case. Philadelphia apparently needs lifeguards so badly they'll even hire people who can't swim. What? <laughs> <laughs> Romeo, there you go. I'm in. <laughs> Officials say they will provide swimming lessons to applicants who are new to the water. The news caused a bit of an uproar in Philly, leaving <laughs> officials guess. to reassure this wasn't a huge part of the plan to find staff. They say, we only have to train a handful of uh, folks. I wouldn't say they can't swim, the spokesperson said. They just can't pass our screening test on the first try. What? Uh, the city needs 400 lifeguards to operate its 60-plus public pools, and the competition with the uh, private sector to find workers is difficult. Uh, they say every fast food place retail location is hiring they're offering signing bonuses and higher hourly rates right. so that's really leaving them in a bind it's a sob story too i can't think possibly what they could do maybe offer higher salaries and signing bonuses themselves but i also figure like maybe this is my opportunity to be a lifeguard i don't know if i could dive in and rescue someone but i could probably develop my own tactics you know i want everyone to yell out that they're still safe and if i don't hear back i'm gonna call 911 yeah, yeah then it's, you know, oh, you'll get you'll get help yeah like and you won't be able to help but you'll get help no if you just just and if those who are in trouble just you know bubble just like make a bubble noise just, and scream and drink oh some of the water gosh. but grant you will be great sitting up there in the chair that's well, i think so the too. success that's the quality right that, that you need that always that. looks it's cool yeah yeah, and you know, it's an interesting thought because I know we've heard a lot about the shortage when it comes to lifeguards, but I've never heard of we'll teach you how to swim, which really probably means like hire we'll you first or we'll teach well, yeah. you how to strengthen your swimming ability. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cuz 
we have to we have to emphasize it's not that they can't swim at all it's just that they can't no. pass the swimming test very important distinction guys sure. i mean come on yeah like uh, um i've had um more than one probably max two occurrences when i felt i was drowning and actually needed the support of a good swimmer in a swimming pool and i would definitely want to rely on this the yes. guard who could yeah. well, swim you want that sometimes too, so that they can pull you out <laughs> because like they when you're might panicking, be able to help me um but they might not <laughs> they got wow. in other words anyway. grant they gotta hold their breath well enough to go down and get you know dive down and pull her up from the bottom yeah. come on come on oh that's crazy i can't like lifeguard is part of breath. the that's... title <laughs> and grant we can't we can't take our cane in the water grant where are you yeah. i know you're out here somewhere <laughs> Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Let's see here. There's there's so many stories about uh, airlines and how they kind of mess up. Actually, I had a really cool one I should have brought on. Well, not cool, but I I saw somewhere about an airline who apparently donated a lost uh, uh, lost yes. luggage to charity. I don't know if you guys heard that. But the um, wedding one, the folks got married or whatever, and it and the <laughs> stuff was donated. I saw that the oh, other day no. on CBC. The, yeah. This is a little happier Air, airline is giving away free flights if cats are adopted. Uh, Frontier Airlines is giving away free flight vouchers who anyone adopts one of three kittens from a Las Vegas animal shelter. Uh, The adorable felines named after airlines are available for adoption at the uh, shelter. Uh, They tweeted... uh, So... There's one cat named Spirit. His name used to be Southwest, but due to recent events, their <laughs> marketing team requested that they change it. Uh, neither Spirit or Delta Airlines responded. That was what the cats were named after, Spirit, Delta, and Frontier. But mm. uh, Frontier Airlines did. Uh, they said, this is so sweet. Thank you for the honor at Animal FNDLVS. Uh, we'd love to donate two flight vouchers each to the people who adopt at Delta and at Spirit and four vouchers to the person who adopts Frontier. The vouchers have been delivered to the shelter but won't be handed out until the kittens are ready for adoption later this month. According to the adoption organization, the vouchers, uh, the uh, animal shelters have expressed their gratitude. I don't know if the cats have expressed any gratitude. They're, they probably just, oh, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know, shut down at those those animal shelters. They're pretty noisy yeah. places. Yeah. I mean, it's a cute story, right? I just hope that people are in it for the right reasons. Yeah, I kind of do too. Yeah. And, uh, like, that's hard to say when there's such a big prize <laughs> for doing it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you don't want these cats to get adopted and somebody gets their voucher and then the cats go back into adoption wherever they were adopted, like in yeah. that locality, right? That would really suck. But that's where my mind goes. Depressing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. We have a um, we have a spot uh, in Vancouver. It's called Katoro, and it's super cool. It's actually a cafe where you can go in and drink, I think like bubble tea and play mm-hmm. around with cats and right. adopt cats. It's connected with the rescue society. Uh, but they were really struggling. They almost closed their doors earlier because COVID was pretty hard on these sorts of places. And uh, that's pretty cool when the private sector kind of steps up and, and 
does charitable oh, sure. things like this. Well, but I and, agree. And they're having fun with this too. Like that would be, if I were an airline or any company, I think that'd be so flattering, not to mention a, a, a friendly competition between the airlines. Exactly. But hey, don't forget the fine print. You have to keep the cat oh, yeah, named keep the Frontier. Cat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're putting yes, that fine do... print in. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what you're adding. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can add anything. Rummy also, can add awards. We can add, you know, I know. fine print. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but also, okay. like, it, it just goes to show, you know, we're all animal people to some degree, except Kelly, parentheses. Uh, <laughs> right? Because they dealt, was it Delta that stepped in? No, Frontier. Frontier. Yeah, yeah. Frontier stepped in and was like, yeah, we're going to all offer all of you guys vouchers. Just make sure these cats have homes. That's so sweet. Well, that's right. Yeah, you got to cool. take yeah. the cats on the trip with you and give them to somebody. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're forgetting about our fine print. <laughs> uh, maybe All the right. invisible ink in mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's see. We got time for one more? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So uh, there's someone, a canine expert actually at the University of British Columbia, authored a book called The Intelligence of Dogs. Uh, and there's also another... Um, Finnish study that came to similar uh, conclusions here uh, to rank which dogs are the most intelligent. Uh, Poor dogs, though, because the Mm. rankings Mm. of the book were based on surveys of more than 200 dog obedience judges at the U.S. Oops. Like, can you can you imagine if like your intelligent? I mean, intelligence testing for humans is super controversial. But can sure. you imagine if yours was based on like, how Obedience. obedient you were? Yeah, no. Like what? Um, and the harshest they, critics. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they found that the Afghan hound was the least intelligent, was low scores. Least for obedient. obedient. I, in my head, yeah. I'm just saying obedient now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the hunting dog. Basinji came in second for similar reasons. Uh, bulldogs, chow chows, bourgeois, and bloodhounds also ranked highly for a lack of intelligence. Uh, the Shih Tzu, wow. Basset Hound, Mastiff, Beagle, and Pekingese also scored poorly. Uh, <laughs> uh, he ranked the Border Collie as the brightest, followed by the Poodle and the German Shepherd. Now, the uh, let's see... Ah, yes. So a Finnish study found that the Labrador Retriever was very good at reading human gestures, but not so good at spatial problem solving. Interesting. Uh, I I must say that um, I kind of see it with the little yappy dogs like the Shih Tzu. I was going to say there was definitely a trend there with the small dogs. Whoops. Yeah, I smarter. I do have uh, I do have a neighbor. Hope they're not listening. Who is a, a little <laughs> Shih Tzu, and uh, they are definitely f- what they lack in obedience slash intelligence. They make up in yappiness and aggression. <laughs> Man, Just I'm glad you're not. making the clarification though with obedience and you know not being as smart. Like I, I think we really yeah. need so that somebody's. Are you suggesting for a moment he may not listen well and react, <laughs> but he is smart. Right. When he shows it. <laughs> but that's interesting about the spatial problem solving. I'm not really sure if we have examples of that, but. Do you know what? I had a lab and I don't know if this is what they were talking about. And they, they were s- is super intelligent, but not so good at like, 
you know, she'd be lying under a table and kind of get up get and up part and of her body oh, yeah. would like whack into the yeah. table. So yeah. I wonder if that's It's because they forgot it. they grew up. Like my puppy did this too. He would find the smallest space in the vent, which was great when he was, you know, 20 pounds, but now he's 80 and he still thinks he can squish himself in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering if well, that's and it. I oh. think they also just can't judge, or they literally forget. Yeah, that, I'm under this table. I never judged him for it. I just thought it was funny. Ah, <laughs> it was super uh -huh. funny. I was ta talking to a cat cat person, and they were saying cats could probably actually be really amazing guide animals because they're so intelligent. Except that they just wouldn't care. They won't care. That's right. So, yeah, that's their would really depend. There's yeah. not a yeah. yeah. I mean, we we've talked to Dr. Danielle Jean kind about like how intelligent cats are and actually how trainable they could be. But the prize yeah. got to be worth it. Uh, Grand before Hardy's I let you go, Rom Romeo, what word would you use to describe these articles? Um, you know, Starts fun. Uh, oh. Marvelous, magnificent. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's kinda okay. Maybe next These time. Are, maybe next time. Yeah, she doesn't seem to ever mind boggle us with a good, 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 good one there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. My vocabulary. Joining us for what in the world? Well, you know, uh, we do this every second Thursday. Go ahead, Rum. Sorry. They try to trick me all the time. Good luck, guys. <laughs> Taking a break and coming back with Bill Shackleton. He has today's buzz for us. Lots of great articles there. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. You're back with Kelly and Ramya here on AMI. I'm Ramya Amadhan. I am wearing a nice jewel tone today. You know, one of the few bright colors left in my closet. And this one's a nice soft blue long sleeve blouse with a, a bit of a, I don't even know what you call it, but it flows a lot in the front, which is really nice. I also have my uh, long black hair out today, which is nice. Kelly McDonald joining us from London, Ontario. Kels, what are you wearing? Well, the black fedora and the shirt has a, a few colors in it, including black. There's a, a little bit of orange, I believe, in there. Uh, so it's it's kind of a Multi? louder, multicolored shirt today. Hmm. All right. Thank you very much. And we're going to turn it over to Bill Shackleton. He joins us for the buzz Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday here on the show to wrap up the first hour. He comes in here with a couple different articles. We talk, we argue, we get to know each other a little <laughs> more. Billy, how are you? Doing good. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you very much. And I don't know if you teased anything that you have for us today when you came on yesterday. You didn't, did you? No, but no. I, um, this first one is kind of interesting. Um, okay. First Nation School finds a way to keep traditional language alive. Well, let's talk Coming about that. Coming from the Canadian, yeah. the, um, the Stony Nakata First Nations is, in southern Alberta is using the written word as a way to preserve its traditional um, language. So basically what you have here is you have a, 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 a First Nations people who essentially they are concerned that their language is dying out. And right. the reason, so they're using the written word because there's no textbooks written. The language has always been oral. And, you know, it's always been sort of brought down from elder to elder, from mm -hmm. generation to generation. And they're, because of the, the, the elders are basically dying off. And, and the young people, um, um, you know, the parents 
don't know the language. And what are you going to do? I mean, they are concerned that their language is going to die out. So they're, they are using, they're writing textbooks. So language conservancy yep. is actually writing textbooks of their language so they can, the students and, and the future generations can um, you know yeah. learn and keep it alive because they they have to go a little further than the speaking we all mm -hmm. think hey it's great they're speaking it in the home and everything like that but i know up here there's one of the colleges that started a course a fella felt this very important and he wanted to keep an indigenous language alive and that was what he he not only wanted it spoken he wanted people learning it and writing it and he made that point and this this i heard this i think about two years ago this was going on so really fedora's off to the college to him for saying we don't need to lose this yeah some of some of us speak it at home but what's going to happen as as people go away from it and people move on to speaking other languages and learning other languages there are so many that have been lost already bill and 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 i mean you say well the written word well yeah but but something as simple as that but you know what are you <clears throat> what are you going to do you need to <clears throat> you know preserve this yeah. And it's the only way. Now, they've been doing it with podcasts. So they are using modern technology in some ways. But you got to remember, not everybody has a computer there. Well, and, and not, at least not, there you get the proper pronunciation and you could learn to speak it, which is great. But hopefully, and, and I don't know what they're doing on the podcast, but, you know, there, there, there are other ways with podcast descriptions, with transcripts, that they can get that language out there in that written form, as well as those who just want to hear it, those, in, in any expanding of use of it in any way is good, but you do need at least a bit of written to preserve it. Right. Because right. sometimes the gap between you know, where people are in their communities, like what technology you are using or how you preserve language in this context, right? The gap is so huge, it's large between that and where the rest of us are or where we are in North America or where we are when we live in big cities, right? Like the conversations that we have about language are so different. Oh, you want to learn a language? Go pick up Duolingo, right? It's just yeah. so... And then there are parts where you are literally still preserving with oral. Like you're still yep. just talking and telling stories and that's the only way you pass on. So if people are dying and elders are leaving us and the language is dying, you start to kind of, I wonder, because I, I experienced this with Tamil and I'm sure my mom does too, uh, you wonder how the language will live on. How is it possible mm. for this language to live on if it's a minority of people who want to continue the growth of the language and you're so far behind in how you're documenting. A small minority. You're yep. talking in a lot of these cases, you may have a, somewhere a location where 30 people speak it mm -hmm. and, and put it to you. And that's it. Maybe somewhere else, another pocket in the world. No. Otherwise, and yeah. whenever you go away, the young don't necessarily want to learn it because they're off to be educated in the college or exactly. university or going to school and speaking whatever other languages that intrigue them whether they be indigenous or not, and generally, unfortunately, like most people, you know, okay, this is my language, but I'm going to learn another one. And it's the popular ones, Bill. There's things mm -hmm. out there that we have a need to learn if it's we want to travel, need it for work. Because they have yeah. to be big, right? Like English yeah. is international because it is, because historically X, Y, and Z. But other languages, not the case at all. And so many of us have dropped 
our native languages to be able to uh, learn another more important language, quote unquote. Yep. And that's very unfortunate. But I will say, because they're writing down the language and putting it into textbooks, it's something to be proud of. Like, no matter what happens yeah. in the next <clears throat> 10 years or a couple decades, it's something to be proud of that this is now in, in solid writing. Yeah, even if right. it goes into a museum, Billy, or yeah. a language arts you know, uh, preservation project, something that, that, because certainly there are plenty of indigenous languages being spoke by uh, people out there, whether it's a Nukatuk or whatever, but there's ways to see that written. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What else, Billy? Did we lose Billy? Oh, oh, I think we might have. Oh, he's yeah, frozen. He's, he's hey man, cold. <laughs> he's frozen. All right, that's fine. Um, I, I just wanted to relate this conversation back to what we had yesterday with Krista Couture. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, she spoke so personally and emotionally about preserving the language, right? It was an angle of, on this conversation, which is being able to offer the language and make people feel like they can... Uh, they can be themselves, that they can find themselves yeah. in the representation just from what's being spoken. And honestly, we work so hard. Like if you're if you're a, a two language speaker, a dual um, language person, then <laughs> bilingual, then you know that oftentimes there's one dominant language and that's the language that you speak with everybody around you. And it's so easy to lose what you were born with or your native tongue because it's no longer what you use in everyday life. Uh, but anytime you have something, some project, some, you know, TV show or radio show or podcast or conversation with someone who speaks the same language as you, it takes you back to a very personal, deep place and a happy place. Well, and I think that's yeah. important. Well, and I think, Krista, you know, when we were talking about it, it's stories. So many of us hear about the stories. We want to hear it. When I was uh, shooting in, in uh, Nunavut, so many conversations happened about language yeah. and preserving, but a lot of it is not knowing, not having it written down, and people just feeling, well, yeah, but I'm doing this and that. This is what direction my life's taking me, and we don't even recognize it. And when I say we, I mean even people you know, who, who speak the language. Mm -hmm. it, it's just that, well, how important is it? Billy, we've just been carrying on a little bit more about it. Yeah, Welcome back. I'm, you want to move I'm, on to your I second item? Yes, I froze up. Yeah. Um, a little cold, eh, Got Bill? nervous. Yeah, a little. <laughs> All right, what else do you have for us? Thinking about a no-buy challenge, Here's what you have to consider. So actually, um, during, well, actually because of the new year, social influencers are talking about this no-buy challenge. And what it's, it doesn't mean you don't buy anything. It means that you basically buy only what you need. So basically, it's, it's, it's reminds you of maybe a crash diet or reminds you of um, dry February when you don't drink or anything like that. So a lot of us are, you know, in we just buy what we yep. we see something we buy and it. waste. Does it feel like and, it? And waste. That's yep. right. Yep. So what they're suggesting you do is really examine whether what you really need, and just you can perhaps beat inflation that way. Um, you know, I it it can work. It's like a crash diet. It can work if you can examine why you're doing it. Um, they're usually a year long, and it 
it certainly can't do any harm, even if it is for a year only. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, but, I think it's a study, Bill, too, in just getting what you need. It's not necessarily yeah. buy the most healthy things or whatever, but really find a way not to throw things out. Don't yeah. buy just on the impulse because you see a really cool commercial of something that makes it, oh, yeah, I have a taste for that. Get it satisfy your taste, put it in the back of the the cupboard, and it ends up being thrown out when it goes past its date. This Sorry, is not Rem. just for food, though, right? Like, are we talking That's just for, food? Well, it, no, it's clothing or anything. Okay. I mean, if you yeah. have yes. a weakness for clothes... Um, yep. or you yeah, know, there's a lot of that thrown away, that's oh, for sure. Yeah, for a sure. lot wasted, at least yeah. donated, at least, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who's absolutely obsessed with facebook marketplace and you know you could be obsessed with worse things because she trades right like that's what she she has a lot of stuff she has everything from clothes to gadgets to whatever like cat toys that don't need to be used anymore and uh, instead of buying new things she will go on facebook marketplace for everything and anything kitchen appliances um stuff she doesn't like bathroom stuff or curtains and she says there's somebody who wants anything everything everything in your house can be traded and so in that case, because if you're thinking, like, I don't know if I can get on board with this no-buy plan, um, that's an option for you, too. Well, I like the idea you're swapping out for something else yes. that someone else might might want. Billy, yeah. can we squeeze your last one in? Um, you can. Basically, the doomsday clock, um, the Ukraine war moves doomsday clock 60 seconds to midnight, which is kind of interesting about doomsday, established in 1947, it's a clock that is used to buy, uh, basically portell um, potential disasters. So essentially, um, the, the, I certainly believe that the threats that that, that we are on that we are undergoing right now, such as the um, Ukrainian war, uh, because of the nuclear preparation in 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 in, in uh, Iran, uh, in China. Because of you know Iran increasing its nuclear its uranium yeah. output, North um, Korea, all the things North going Korea. on there, the testing. Okay. And, yeah, and the the pandemics, the future pandemics, the the things the clock, the threats are real, and what the clock represents, in my opinion, is very real. Um, hopefully, it won't. I don't believe it, that we're on the cusp of, of of Armageddon at this point. But a lot of people are thinking that we had better take a hard look at at what the clock represents. Whether you believe in it or not is one thing. That's what I was going to say. There's a spectrum, right? There's people who are like, this is the... This is what's going to happen. And then there's what you're kind of uh, portraying, Billy, which is, well, even if you don't necessarily believe in the clock, believe that these are real problems that we're having that is creating issues for the world. As a whole. Yeah, it's a sim. It's symbolism, really. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. really is as to the time. Um, it moved forward. I think when we got into the pandemic, or maybe it was just before, and it's been moved forward. And of course, folks, it has been moved back. Oh, had it? See, I had no idea how I serious this stuff back. was taken. Yeah, it has honestly. not recent, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I can't imagine how it could be moved back recently. Billy, amazing articles. Thank you so much. We'll catch you tomorrow. Oh, thank you. 
We have Bill Shackleton join us to wrap up the first hours Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays here on Kelly and Rumia. We've actually moved him around a lot on the show, so um, surprising <laughs> that I can remember this off the top of my head. A whole other hour of Kelly and Rumia coming your way. We're having the roundtable conversation with Corinne Van Dusen a little later on. We're also talking to Michael French from uh, Robert Half Canada about four-day work weeks. Apparently it's happening. It's a thing. But after the break, we're talking about Doritos, McDonald's, and everything else with Mary Mammoliti. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.